Hi, this is Darren Cox from Talk Esports, and you're on the road with Dane on WGN. Seven twenty, WGN on the road with Dane live here, high atop Chicago in the Skyline Studio, and on the line with us now, we've got the founder of the Gran Turismo GT Academy, the man behind the world's fastest gamer competition, and the president and CEO of Torque Esports, the one and only Darren Cox. Darren, welcome to WGN. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for what you're doing. I mean, this is one part entertainment. It's one part job interview, like like it says in some of the stuff. It's also one part science experiment, and I think you're doing it. You're doing the people's work here, trying to 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 finally come to terms one way or the other if simulated experience, especially when it comes to the world of racing, can translate to success on the track. Yeah, we all know how expensive it is to get into motor racing. Um, whatever you're doing, whether it be Formula One, which obviously is racing at Austin this weekend, NASCAR. IndyCar, you've got to have a lot of money to even get on the bottom rung of the ladder. And what we're trying to say is there are millions of people out there that are racing virtually online on Gran Turismo, on Forza Motorsport, um, and they should have a chance of also being a professional racing driver, even though they haven't got the funds to do so. It's one of those things. 20 years ago, I was talking, doing a, a press conference when they first built Chicagoland Speedway here in Chicago, talking with Kyle Petty, one of, you know, one of the members of one of the great racing families in all of motorsports. And I asked him basically a, a similar thing. It's not a sport like baseball or football or soccer that you can go out for, right? And you can be a young person. Your talent can be recognized, nurtured, and on display as part of maybe organized sports. I said, Kyle, how... How would someone, you're talking to the young people of America, how would someone get into the sport? And his exact words, Darren, were, and this was it, know someone with a lot of money. That's all he said. <laughs> That's all he had as a and, and, it, and, it, and it's got worse. In the last 20 years, it's got a lot worse. You know, the costs of racing has gone up. Uh, the you know, ability of people to get young people with talent into cars, unless you've got a big sponsor or you're a Petty or you're an Andretti, someone with a name that can attract sponsorship has got more difficult as the costs have gone up. So, yeah, we see that problem. We've seen it over the last 10 years with the projects that we've been doing, and we're happy to offer at least a small part of the uh, the racing community a chance to go and race for real. Yeah, before we get into the world's fastest gamer competition, talk a little bit about some of the formative things with uh, the GT Academy. Was that something that you had done just to kind of take and as far as on the gaming side, and obviously, you know, racing games and motorsports games are very popular, or were you trying to just, you know, have a venue to, like, they'll do it with Madden, you know, you'll do it with the sports, the people who play that don't become, or have the potential to become NFL football players, did you understand, like, the impact it was going to have, or was it something that came about, you're like, wow, you know what, this really works? No, we, we had an event um, in the UK, us and Sony, and we had a few gamers there, and one of the, the racing instructors that uh, was working alongside these gamers in the real cars said a few of these lads can really drive so i looked at the scoreboard on the game i looked at the scoreboard of the track laps in the real car in nissan z and um they pretty much correlated so a guy that was fast in the game was also fast in real life and that's when the light bulb went on but of course it's not that simple we had three years of trying to convince people that wasn't such a stupid idea and that we wouldn't <laughs> injure anybody and uh, we we launched it as an experiment really and and i had, was convinced that we'd find good racing drivers that, that the skills are transferable but what i didn't think which is what ended up happening we'd find great racing drivers yeah. you know we've got a guy that 
now is racing full-time in Japan. He's just bought his first Ferrari. He lives the high life in Tokyo. You know, he got up to the rung just below Formula 1, which uh, is now called Formula 2. Um, you know, he's had podiums at Le Mans. We won races all around the world you know, against professional drivers that had come through go-karting and, and single-seaters. So, yes, it was an experiment at the beginning with you know, some fact and, and science behind it. But the gut feel was we would find some racing drivers. And in the end, they really uh, almost uh, exceeded our expectations by, by being great racing drivers that have gone on to have professional careers and are now paid to go race cars. Yeah, you mentioned some of the examples that you have on the open wheel side. For the listeners, they'll know William Byron, driver of the number 24 car for Hendricks Motorsports in the Monster Energy Cup Series. And this is a guy who took it on himself to use the simulators and now is competing at the highest level on the stock car side. So it, so it works. And let the listeners know we're talking with Darren Cox. He's the president and CEO of Torque Esports behind the world's fastest gamer competition. Is it just that the the realism and, and the way that you can kind of replicate all aspects, not only in the car, but on the track, has just gotten to a point where it really is a one-to-one apples-to-apples comparison? Or did it take time? Back in the day, maybe 10 years ago, were the were the games or the simulators like good enough to really kind of train those drivers? technology it's improved massively over 10 years it gave us a very good indication 10 years ago it gives us an even better indication today but i wouldn't say it's one-to-one you know there's still a filtering process we we do take the world's fastest gamers we took 10 of them this year um, and then we filter them down not all of them have got the aptitude or the courage let's put it that way <laughs> to jump into a real racing car um, so we, we take the best of the best in each of their different disciplines whether that be mobile game, a PC, or as I mentioned, on PlayStation or an Xbox. And then we go into a real you know, talent spotting competition online. We, we include fitness, we include the PR element, which all racing drivers have got to have, you know, the work with a team and that sort of thing. So, yeah, we, uh, we, we use the, the game as the first filter, and then we go into some real detail in terms of how can these guys adapt. But most of them you know, are adaptable to the real car. There is those transferable talents. And as the technology, to answer your question, gets better and better, you know, that filtering system of the game will become uh, more and more accurate. Here's the thing. So a career in racing can be quite lucrative. It can be a great and uh, profitable, rewarding vocation. But even being part of the world's fastest gamer competition, there's a $1 million contract, $1 million plus uh, contract on the line. So was that was that a big part of it where the people were seeing this as you know because it's a game right we think a lot of times of games as something that you do for fun or recreation where these people were seeing this as like the eye on the prize not only to win the competition but to win that money well what we found uh, actually was the 10 guys that we took on a it was a great road trip you know a petrol heads dream really you know we we started off at las vegas motor speedway we took in uh, Los Angeles. We went to some circuits on the on the West Coast, including Laguna Seca. You know, these guys went to Yosemite. It was 12 days of a life-changing experience for these guys. So even the nine that didn't win have had something. And if you look at our social media feed, all you'll see is, you know, big thanks from each of those 10 gamers for the experience they had and the friendships they made in that 10 years. So... Um, you know, it's a horrible phrase to say, but yes, everyone actually was a winner in this case. But um, yeah, the guy that the guy that won overall, you know, the contract for next year means he goes racing. Uh, that's obviously a very expensive business, including all of the testing and, and everything else that we do. So uh, that's a, a big prize. And it's not just about next year. If this guy performs and carries on uh, racing at a top level, of course, he could have a career 
for a number of years. And that's what we found with the previous winners of World's Fastest Gamer, uh, who's now a Formula One simulator driver. And as I mentioned, a few examples of those GT Academy guys who now race for real. One of them's a, a works driver for the Bentley team, for example. So, yeah, it can lead to a lot of other things as well. Okay, and here's the other thing, too, for the listeners and excited, and hopefully we'll have him on a little bit later on as well. It's one thing to have the, the best in the business on the simulator side and creating the entertainment side and the gaming side, and that is you, Darren Cox, but also Juan Pablo Montoya, a guy who came up through the traditional ranks but has achieved and experienced you know, all the success that you can racing in Formula One, winning in Formula One. He's raced at the highest level in NASCAR, winning two Indianapolis 500. So Juan Pablo Montoya, when he got in as as one of the judges' advisors, one of the was he surprised at how good these individuals could get uh, just using the simulators? The opposite, actually. He's um, his <laughs> son uh, is a massive user of these games and and uh, you know uh, simulators that are available domestically in his house. So. He and his son um, are big fans of gaming and simulation, and they both use it. So including, as you say, a two-time Indy 500 winner still uses simulators to practice and to learn new circuits and to adapt his driving skills to each of the cars. So he was already a believer when he came in, um, but of course... When he did meet the guys, he was very impressed with their skill levels uh, because, you know, someone like his son or himself have done real racing as well as doing the simulation stuff. And uh, he was just massively impressed with these guys that half of them had never sat in a racing car, let alone uh, driven one at speed. So uh, they really did surprise him. And I, but I think also their nature and their, their professionalism was a breath of fresh air to him because they are different from... You know, young racing drivers that have been through the system. These guys are wide-eyed, full of enthusiasm, and, and thanks for the opportunity that we're giving them. One, one of the, the last things, and and you mentioned the, the courage aspect of it, and I've been there and covered the Indy 500, the speeds. You've got to have that, and there's some intangibles, I think, that you have to add in to the process. And I wondered if it's transferable backwards too so you mentioned Juan Pablo and his family you know having success and enjoying the simulators have you found that or or maybe even just your thought process that some of those drivers that have been successful on the track maybe leaned more on the risk taking and the courage side of things and would they transfer into into great gamers does it go both ways each way well we keep saying that the lines have already blurred you know you've got two of the you mentioned Byron uh, in NASCAR we've got two of the young stars in Formula One Max Verstappen and Lando Norris they are gamers as much as they are Formula One drivers. You know, in their off weekends or during the week, you can find them on iRacing or on R Factor, um, driving around, and you can go and race against them. You know, even legends of, of NASCAR from yesteryear still go racing. You know, Dale Jr. Uh, is a big fan of, of iRacing. So, yes, absolutely. You know, the lines have blurred. People are moving from real to virtual and virtual to real, and it's become the norm now that that's the case. You know what, Darren? I, I don't know if you've given. I'm sure you've given everything a little bit of thought, but. As some of the sports and their connection to the public and and whether it's the TV contracts or popularity have been strained or they've faced challenges um, because of the disconnect, because people don't grow up doing it like you really, I think, through this have shined a light on it and and raised the awareness and the possibilities that you could have. Like almost everyone could almost as like virtually go out to be a race car driver and their talent uh, as obscure as it may be because of their personal circumstances could come and, and rise to the top have you thought about that is that down the road just because of the amount of people that would have access to simulators as opposed to that really difficult and elusive traditional track kind of growing up racing real cars around real tracks that you're going to make a huge a huge impact in the future of these sports 
Well, we hope so. I mean, Talk Esports have positioned ourselves as the, the leaders in this space. Not only are we doing world's fastest game, our gaming studio out of France called Eden Games make the Formula One mobile game. So we've got millions of people, you know, pretending to be uh, racing drivers <laughs> in Formula One every weekend on their mobile phones. So we see that passion. We see that desire to be involved in the sport. And yes, we've got a lot of plans, including, you know, professionalizing the esports leagues in racing beyond what's happening today and also you know, getting people more and more involved in our sports through gaming and you'll see if you keep an eye on Talk Esports um, the progression we're going to make in that space because now that technology is improving as I mentioned before and specifically with 5G coming for mobile phones we see a, a, another big explosion in this space. The possibilities and the potentials are absolutely as exciting as it gets and so I can't thank you enough for being a part of, of creating it making it available and obviously sharing it with the listeners today so we'll let you get back to it but thanks so much, Darren, for what you're doing. For, before we let you go, give information. People can find more about Torque Esports and, and World's Fastest Gamer Competition, all those ways to get up to speed and all the adventures, get involved in all that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're also making a TV show that uh, celebrates the tour we just had around uh, the West Coast. And you'll be able to see that on a TV station near you around the Christmas time. We'll have that. We'll have links up at WGNRadio.com and also reconnect and uh, you can help kind of share the availability on the TV side as well. So, Darren, thanks so much and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much for having me.